Welcome to Marketing Mistakes and How to Avoid Them. I'm Stacey Jones, the founder of influencer marketing and branded content agency, Hollywood Branded. This podcast provides brand marketers a learning platform for top experts to share their insights and knowledge on topics which make a direct impact on your business today. While it is impossible to be well-versed on every topic and strategy that can improve bottom line results, my goal is to help you avoid making costly mistakes of time, energy, or money, whether you are doing a DIY approach or hiring an expert to help. Let's begin today's discussion. Welcome to Marketing Mistakes and How to Avoid Them. Here's your host, Stacy Jones. Welcome to Marketing Mistakes and How to Avoid Them. I'm Stacy Jones, and I'm so happy to be here with you all today. I want to give a very warm welcome to Mickey Kennedy. Mickey is the president of e-releases, a traditional press release distribution company that helps small businesses, authors, and startups increase their visibility and credibility. 22 years ago, after realizing that small businesses desperately need an affordable press release service to be able to compete with bigger brands and get their companies known, Mickey founded e-releases, giving small businesses access to the media and to a national newswire, all with a personal touch. Today, Mickey will be sharing his advice on press release marketing and what businesses need to know about how to create a big impact that helps move the needle for your brand. We'll learn what works from Mickey's perspective, what should be avoided, and how some businesses just miss the mark. Mickey, welcome. So happy to have you here today. Thanks for having me. I love having us start off sharing a little bit about how you got to where you are today. 22 years later, you own a press release business. Can you share how you got here? Yeah, um, about 25, 26 years ago, I was in grad school in Northern Virginia. Uh, I was pursuing a master's of fine arts and creative writing with an emphasis in poetry. So I assumed I would just be waiting tables the rest of my life. So uh, I waited tables that first summer uh, after my first year there and realized it is it, it, it exhausts your body and your mind. And so I just didn't have time or energy to write in the evenings. Um, so I decided to get a um, office job. And uh, I ended up at a telecom startup. And one of the things that I did, among several things was uh, send out press releases. And we were using a broadcast fax machine that held 100 fax numbers. Unfortunately, we needed to reach like 180 to 190 people. So I was programming it, sending, uh, it would take all day, then delete the numbers and enter the next 80 to 90 numbers and start over. And I saw journalists start to call and say, hey, you just sent us over a lot of telecom traffic statistics. Could you just email me a Word doc uh, so I could copy and paste some of that? And so I felt like, wow, email is so much more efficient than faxing. And it seemed like a natural evolution. I mentioned it to my boss and he said, that sounds like a great business. You should go start it. So I spent about a year while still working at the telecom company uh, building a database, reaching out to journalists, asking if I could email them press releases on uh, their subjects and topics. And almost all of them said yes. It was you know, a very novel thing at the time. Uh, so they were very welcoming of it. And um, about a year later, e-releases launched. I had about 10,000 journalists in my database. And uh, we just uh, grew over time. Uh, eventually, the Newswire reached out to me, PR Newswire, and said, hey, why don't you also include us uh, when you send out your releases to your clients? And I'm like, I'm charging my clients two to $400 at the time. I said, 
they can't afford an additional thousand dollars to go over PR Newswire. Um, so we were sort of stuck there. I did go and visit them. And one of the things I discovered is they have an editorial team that works 24 hours and overnight, they're not doing much. They're waiting for that breaking story or a recall or something that's really important with for a fortune 500 company. Um, you know, many of which will send out a $15,000 multimedia release someone's got to be there. So I said, why don't we schedule all of our releases for the next business day? And that way your team could work on them overnight and it wouldn't cost you any additional labor. And so we sort of created a win-win so that now every customer of e-releases gets a custom national distribution of her PR Newswire and still for just a few hundred dollars as opposed to you know paying much more going directly to the Newswire. Um, and uh, that's been pretty much it uh, as far as you know, uh, what we do. Uh, we've been very press release centric. Um, we've done some uh, email pitching uh, and stuff like that for some of our clients um, and uh, you know figured out what, what's working and what's not working. What I've spent the last year doing is looking at my successful clients and trying to see if I can get some lessons there about what's working, uh, what can a business do to develop a press release that might stand out and have a real chance at getting media coverage. And that's fascinating. And the fact that you saw a, a problem and you found a way to fix it and started a whole business for yourself in doing so. That is quite from going from writing poetry and waiting tables uh, to actually creating something of substance. So congratulations to you. Thank you. Yeah. So press releases today are something that when we talk with brands, they're oftentimes their eyebrows go up a little bit and they're like, oh, we don't know if we need to do a press release. And I'm always very quick to come back and say that press releases have and can have a massive, powerful punch still. And I'm sure you believe in this because this is what your business is. Right. What are some of the things that and ways that press releases help businesses um, now? Because I think a lot of people are like, oh, you know, if I'm just sending out a press release, it's going to a journalist. They're never going to see it. Um, but that's not really what press releases are about either. Right. Well, uh, it is about getting your announcement out there in front of the uh, journalist, hoping that they turn it into an article. Um, it is true, I would say more than 80% of the press releases that we move, no article gets written. Um, it's, it, it, unfortunately, it just happens with the sheer volume of releases that are out there and the newsworthiness of the announcement. Uh, we get a lot of press releases that are about personnel changes. Um, uh, you have a new VP of marketing, uh, you know, something like that. And outside of maybe a trade publication in a local newspaper, very few people are going to be interested in that type of story. But I think companies feel like it's a way of, uh, acknowledging the person and making them feel good. They can do a search in Google news and see them on the newswire. Um, but it's not a good use of, uh, your opportunity because you could get major media coverage, um, you know, spending money going out over a newswire and you're not going to, when it's a, a release that, you know, that newsworthiness just isn't there. So uh, I, I always suggest uh, that people be strategic with their press release and what they're announcing um, and you'll have much better results. Uh, one of the things I found in my research was um, surveys and statistics work extremely well in press releases. Uh, the media loves numbers. They love data. And if you have a survey, um, generally, if it's 100 or more respondents, um, it attracts the media. And uh, 
you know, you could, it could be of your customers, it could be of your leads, um, your social media audience, um, you know, you send them a link and ask them to, um, you know, complete a survey. Uh, another thing you can do is uh, you can partner with a small trade association. Uh, there's a lot of those out there. They would love to take the link and share it with their members, especially if you're willing to co-brand the survey and give them some credit. The small trade associations don't get a lot of love. They do have good members, uh, but the larger trade associations get all the attention. So they would love to be attached to uh, a survey that's going to go out over the newswire. Uh, one of the things I will say is you want to make sure that when you do a survey, you include a couple of questions that are just sort of off kilter, a little weird, uh, a little strange. Uh, those are the things that often get picked up when you do a press release to the media. For example, if you're uh, doing, uh, you're an auto repair place uh, here in Maryland and you do a survey and you uh, align yourself with a small a trade association of independent repair shops, one of the questions you can have is just open-ended, what's the strangest thing you found in a customer's car? Uh, during a repair. Uh, it can be a boa constrictor. It could be grandma in an urn. You know, there's lots of strange little things that come back. And those are the things that often get put in the story uh, because they're fascinating and readers are going to say, wow, I want to read this article. Yeah. Uh, you know, 10 strangest things found in a car, uh, uh, you know, when taken in for repair. Um, and so, those are the opportunities where you can make your own news uh, just by doing a survey. It takes a little bit of work, but there's SurveyMonkey, there's Google Forms, there's lots of ways to accomplish it by just having a link and then analyzing the data and figuring out what's going to be interesting. Uh, and so that's something that I think would do really well. Uh, and in my research found that it's, you know, time and time again, uh, does very well. But if you have those quirky little questions, it works even better. And I had one cus customer who does about 20 to 40 surveys a year across various different industries because of the, of the way they work. And I, I found that lesson from them because they're very good at including this, this occasional strange question. And they get all of these rich responses. And when I look, you know, they consistently get, you know, anywhere from eight to 24 uh, actual articles written about them, not a, a reprint of the press release, but an actual article. And I found that many of them uh, pick out elements that are, you know, just interesting, quirky. And those are the things that are going to resonate with uh, an actual uh, reader or viewer, if it's TV or something like that. I'm so shocked. You're saying that we like as viewers and listeners to see things that are fun and interesting <laughs> and not boring and yawn making. Right. And, uh, and, and so many people feel that a press release has to be boring or trite or expected. And it doesn't, um, you know, there's other opportunities that I came across in my research and one is being a contrarian. Uh, so many people will uh, chase uh, something that's in the news and it's hot right now. And they'll just join the conversation with the same opinion as everybody else. You're not going to stand out doing that. But if you're, if you can come across as level-headed and reasonable, but counter the current argument, you're going to find you're going to include it a lot more because, uh, 
you know, journalists want to be fair and balanced. And if no one's out there with a opposite viewpoint, there's no one to include. But if you're the only person out there who's reasonable and saying, hey, not so fast uh, with this element, then you do stand a, a really strong chance of getting included in uh, articles that talk about that subject. Yeah, so it's very much so if you were in high school and you were on the debate club and you could argue either side, maybe press writing is for you. It's is what you're saying with that one right there. Yes, uh, if you could be the devil's <laughs> advocate and sort of uh, you know pick out something that uh, is is trending. For example, everyone's talking about you know electric cars, how they're so great for the environment. This is the future. And if you say, hey, not so fast. Uh, while you know we need to address our environmental issues and get off oil and stuff like that, uh, you know uh, the mining of minerals that make up the batteries is not environmentally sound. The labor practices are bad. And we haven't yet developed a system for addressing batteries at the end of life. You know, what are we going to do with them? Fill the landfills with these, you know, toxic uh, minerals and things like that. So that's a way in which you can appear level-headed and uh, get your point across. You don't want to take a position that would alienate you with your own customer base or, or make you seem strange. Um, so uh, that. That's the only piece that I feel has to make sense. You want to still come across as being a credible source, um, even when you take that contrarian viewpoint. And I, what I found interesting a moment ago, you said, you know, that a press release could actually be fun. And because most press releases I've read and most of the ones that clients have sent over that we've been edited or when we've actually approached writing press releases ourselves for our agency for clients and we've sent out things with a little bit of fun we get pushed back on because people do think that they need to be serious and stayed and if you're not that then no one's ever going to take you seriously right now and was so, the pushback from the client yeah. or was it from the media because uh, not I suspect the media, it, right. never the media, right? Because they're bored, like they're right. reading these things and they're like, oh my God, I have another thing I have to read. What is it? What information can I glean from this that might be helpful for me? I am just crying here because this is just sheer madness of boredom. Right. So many press releases come out of this process by committee and it's safe. No one's going to be fired for what was written, but also nothing's of substance is really said and nothing meaningful or really newsworthy. And, and that's just to me, a lost opportunity. Yeah. We, uh, at my agency, I've taken a very different approach. Like even our master service agreement is written so tongue in cheek mm -hmm. and just about, you know, you steal our employees, we'll steal your, you know, like it's just, we try to make it just fun because, but I think at the end of the day, people forget when they're writing these types of things that are very boilerplate, right? that we're all humans and we actually like to be entertained and we like enjoyment and we like not feeling like we're lawyers sitting there reading black and white writing that is just going to bore us to tears. Yeah, absolutely. Another thing that you mentioned, you know, and one of the reasons I actually love press releases is the power they have for SEO. Um, and that's something that I think a lot of brands, you know, first think, oh, I'm going to get written up about, I'm writing this thing, glory, everyone's going to see my press release, everyone's going to be shouting from the rooftops about it, even about, you know, announcing that you have this new hire who no one else cares about besides your inner circle. Um, but SEO is a super magic sauce for press releases and for brands, right? It is. And there is a bit of confusion. There are people that believe 
there are services out there that syndicate your press release. They take your press release and they put it on uh, various websites. Uh, it's it's duplicate content. You're not punished by Google for it. Um, no benefit. <laughs> but there is no benefit other than it looks good to a CEO who sees the press release on Yahoo Finance or you know CBS Market Watch or uh, one of the biz journals or something like that. Um, but it is something that happens. And a lot of people feel like get confused that that's the benefit. That's the SEO that co it comes from that. And it isn't. What uh, you're looking for is to have an original article written about you. So uh, the New York Times takes your press release and writes an article about you. That's a unique piece of content. And the, if they link to you, you would get the SEO benefit. A surprising thing is if they don't link to you, you also get the SEO benefit uh, because of uh, implied linking. Uh, Google can contextually tell that that article was about one specific company called e-releases and they know that it's me. So uh, I would get credit as if there's a link, even if they don't link to me. And those things happen uh, uh, you know, with all the major news sites that uh, sometimes uh, have a practice of not linking to you, it still benefits your SEO considerably to get those articles out there. Um, we did a press release um, last year um, for Dining Bond Initiative, which was trying to help local restaurants uh, by giving them a, a method of, of basically you, you pay $100 uh, and you get $200 worth of buying credit uh, at your favorite restaurant and the money goes immediately to them to help them out and it resonated so strongly at the time because everyone felt like there's nothing we can do and here was an initiative to help they got we stopped counting at 150 major news outlets the wall street journal washington post new york times uh, all the food publications picked them up they got um, you know coverage and it was international as well um, they actually ended up starting to include restaurants in italy and other countries because so many people were um you know wanting to be part of it and so that did extremely well and all of those links helped them uh you know just a a, a a project that was just set up to be temporary, get considerable traffic and customers. People were looking to see, is my restaurant on there? Can I get them to, to, you know, to, to be on there and help support them? And so, uh, you know, that's the kind of magic that you can get with a really high news, newsworthy press release. And you can't replicate that in paid marketing uh, to literally get many hundreds of thousands of visitors and hundreds of links to your website and millions of dollars of people, you know, spending to uh, help their, their local restaurant. What I also love about press releases, and that's a phenomenal good case study about just the feel goodness of being able to spread good news and joy through a community and helping so many small localized businesses. Um, but another thing that I think press releases and I think services like yours do, including for small businesses, is make people just who are writing the article, who are at the business, take a moment to step back and actually think about the messaging that they're trying to even tell everyone around them. Um, I think, you know, you get from large companies you, who have communications and marketing departments that they know how important messaging is and marketing is and having the right words. But when you are talking, as you reference your local auto shop, right, these homegrown mom and pop businesses, this is not something that comes naturally to a lot of entrepreneurs to think about the marketing angle of your company. And having, a, you know, knowing that you're going to do press releases and building that into your business plan 
where you actually can take a one pager, write it down and work on it and sculpt on it. You can actually do amazing things for your own business in your own head by going through the process of press uh, press release writing, in my opinion, I think at least. Yeah, I I had one client at one point say that her whole business changed by doing press releases. She said that the salespeople didn't really know what the business was, uh, that uh, uh, there was a managing uh, director who just felt lost. And they said that we started getting these press releases to review and everything started to click. And they said that it really helped. And it really, uh, the press releases became a celebration of them and the business. And people started to input, uh, you know, could we do something like this for a press release? And some of them didn't work out, but some of them did. And there was such a sense of uh, empowerment and focus and some of that had been lost and going through the process of writing press releases helped them help their marketing as well, because they started to just determine that they didn't have a strong USP unique selling proposition. And so they started to develop one that they could actually uh, defend and, and build a moat around and uh, you know, PR helped them considerably as a result of that. Uh, and uh, it, it can be multifaceted in that by you looking at what readers are interested in changing your mindset into what uh, would, would interest an average, you know, reader of a newspaper or a trade publication and what you're putting out there. uh, Is there something that you could be doing that would be more meaningful and resonate and speak to them better? And uh, that can, that can change a lot of things within a business. I mean, I think just the focus on actually looking at your business versus the work you're doing, but the messaging and communication that you're putting out there, it's, it's amazing for employees, as you mentioned, and for the public and for the business's own owner mindset, because, you know, when you start there and you're tracking out and you're starting this company and you're on this one path, it's sometimes hard to raise your head from those bushes and actually scan around and see what's going on out there and check yourself. Um, so that I think is super valuable. Um, also, with what we were just talking about, what are some of the major components that people need to keep in mind when adding to a press release? I mean, everyone's like, I need my quotes, right? I have to have a good quote. I have to have a boilerplate about my company. But what do you actually need to have in a press release? And how long should these be? Right. So most press releases... Um should be 500 words approximately could be a little bit shorter could be a little bit longer there are instances where a 1200 press release makes sense just because of what you have to get out Uh, but if you're issuing a 1200 word press release you know what you're doing uh, because you're 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 you've generally got a reason for for including it Um, but the average press release should be short and succinct the most important part of a press release especially if you're going over the newswire is the headline because it's streamed by headline usually by industry and a journalist will click through the headline to read more to see if this is something that might interest them as a result of that you know the next most important part would be the opening sentence and paragraph uh, because its job is to get you to read further down the page. Uh, And uh, a quote is great. And I recommend that people spend a good amount of time on their quote. So many quotes are safe and they don't say anything that's compelling. And a journalist's job is to paraphrase and to take stuff out of quotes unless 
something is lost. So you want it to be, if the journalist takes that quote and paraphrases it, something was lost, uh, you know, the, the way it was worded, the, the you know, that, that's the place to be creative in a press release. Um, you know, that being said, press releases are objective, third person written, uh, you know, they're, they're, they're very much about just getting the information across uh, the who, what, when, where, how, uh, those kinds of elements. And uh, the boilerplate, um, if you've got one, that's great. If you don't, it, it's no big deal. But you do want them to contextually know what you're about. And a boilerplate is great because it often will give someone a background, you know, elevator pitch type of, of what you are and what you're about. And you could also include some past awards and uh, accolades and things like that in the boilerplate as well. Um, you you want to have relevant links. Um, so a link to your website. If you're talking about a specific product, a link to the product is great as well. Um, there are some people that feel like there should be a call to action of some sort, uh, taking marketing into it a little bit. I, it depends on what you're announcing. If you're announcing a white paper or something like that, yeah, you definitely want to make it prominent. This is how you get to the white paper and download it. But I feel like sometimes there's just not necessarily a call to action. You're certainly not going to say, go buy this product and click here and stuff like that. But you could certainly make uh, a mention that your product is available on Amazon and certain uh, e-commerce sites, as well as if it has uh, availability at retail locations and things like that as well. Um, and, and that being said, uh, there's not much more that needs to be there. Uh, a logo is great, a photo if you have it, um, especially with a lot of uh, news outlets having an online presence these days. They really love having those uh, photos because they know that their readers are, are visually stimulated. And so they, you know, they, they like to see that. So I always say, you know, take advantage of that and include one, uh, even if it's not, you, you feel very meaningful or important. Uh, you, you never know uh, what someone will use. And if it's available, I feel that, uh, and find the photos are often used, especially online. What about the contact information? So what should you be doing there? Because info at may not be the best way to go. Right. So uh, for our releases, because we go over PR Newswire, we have to have uh, a phone number um, and uh, an email address is recommended. Uh, but when a journalist is on deadline and they've written the article and now it's going out and then the managing editor stops an hour before it goes to print and says, Hey, I was just rereading this. And that sounded a little vague. I'm not sure you understood uh, from the release exactly what they meant. Could you, you know, clarify that. And that's why they love the phone number. So they can pick up, call you and get a quick response and save the article. Uh, the, you know, once it gets pulled many times, it doesn't necessarily go into next day's, uh, um, content or material, uh, a lot of the room is spoken for. So you don't want to miss your opportunity. Um, I always say use an email address that you're, you're going to be reached at. And uh, a lot of journalists will put the business phone number as well as an after hours uh, cell phone number as well, uh, just for availability. That being said, press releases are out there. They're public. There are people who scrape, people who call. And that's just, unfortunately, you have to deal with that. Um, I think on average, our customers might receive zero to 
two or three phone calls with each release, depending what industry they're in, uh, how attractive it is to sales and marketing people. Um, but uh, that being said, uh, there's, uh, you know, it, it, it's, it, it's, it's something that's needed so that the journalist can contact you to get that more information that's needed, um, whether they reach out to you by email or by phone. And with that, with reaching out by email or phone, one thing for our listeners to understand, if someone's on deadline, they're on deadline. They don't want to speak to you tomorrow. They don't want to speak to you in four hours. They want to speak to you now. You need to do everything under the sun to make yourself available so that you can answer their question. It's not going to be an hour conversation. You need to literally drop it all, pick up the phone, say, I am at your beck and call because these people are painting a picture of your business. They are helping you market. They are giving you something that you can't buy because it's earned media. So it is so important to treat these journalists as the treasure that they actually are for you, where you need to go above and beyond. If there's extra information you can send them, you want to do that. I mean, I know for a fact, we do this for our clients. I do it for our own business. I will spend hours helping a journalist, even if it's not going to directly impact me right that moment, because it will down the line. You are creating relationships and friendships, and they might go from one uh, publication to another publication. This is super important to your strategy. Right. And that's something I tell um, anyone who calls our office and says, hey, I'm looking to send a release out just to my local media. I always tell them, well, don't spend money with us. That's something you can do yourself. Uh, Every local business probably has less than 10 people who would write about you in your local area. That's usually a a major newspaper, perhaps a minor newspaper, a business publication. uh, And uh, perhaps if you have uh, TVs that do spotlights of businesses and stuff like that on certain segments uh, there, as well as radio, uh, the same sort of thing. What you do is just immerse yourself in local media, figure out who the people are that cover businesses like yours, your size, your industry, and reach out to them. If you don't have their email address, you can just uh, call and they'll give it to you. You can also see if they're on Twitter. Uh, It seems like a lot of journalists really like Twitter and are on there. So that's another place that you can make that introduction and, and reach out to them. I always say once you have your list of less than 10 people for local, uh, reach out to them individually. Don't send one mass email to all 10, uh, but introduce yourself. Talk about what you're doing. That's uh, a major milestone that you're working on right now that you feel they um, might be interested in. You don't need a press release for that. Um, It's great if you have one, but you really don't need one uh, for local media, especially if you could just send them to a page to learn more about something. And, uh, and, and then, you know, just do that on a regular basis. And like you said, if you see something trending in your industry, but you're not a relevant subject for it, reach out to them and just let them know, hey, I'm seeing this really trend in my industry. You may want to cover it. And uh, even though you're not the subject of it and you're not doing it to help you, it's like you said, it's going to create goodwill and they're going to know that you've helped them in the past. And the next time you send something over that may not be as strong in the newsworthy cycle as they're looking for, they still might be receptive to it just because they remember you and, and remember that you helped them. Yeah. And what you guys have to remember about journalists is they're waking up to a blank slate every day. And they're like, I have to get my X number of words out on paper so I can get paid. Paycheck is not happening unless I generate words. What am I going to generate words about? 
And so they're on the hunt. They're looking for things that are interesting. So, you know, just as Mickey said, if you can kind of help them and, you know, soft serve them an opportunity and say, hey, this is something that I think is totally up your alley. And by the way, not about me, but you should talk to Hank and Harry and Jim over there. Uh, that is something that, again, will open the doors because everything in the world of journalism is relationships. Any last words, Mickey, but besides what I'd actually like to do is how can people learn more about e-releases, right? So like, how can they sign up, start using it and learn more about your company? Okay. So uh, you can just visit ereleases.com. We have chat available during uh, office hours, 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, We're also available by phone. Um, all my social media is on uh, e-releases, I think the lower right. Uh, LinkedIn's a great way to reach out to me because I actually read those. Uh, I, I don't recall the last time I've gone into Instagram or Facebook and looked for anything, but uh, that's the way to get a hold of me. Uh, I do have on the website a, um, a masterclass that speaks just about the press release strategies, some of which I've uh, revealed a couple here today being contrarian and survey statistics and data. Um, it's completely free. Uh, my goal is to get my customers to start uh, learning uh, what makes a more strategic press release. And as a result, they'll get more media pickup. Uh, so far, I haven't had the best of reception because uh, I think a lot of them are still doing stuff by committee. And so the releases aren't changing very much. But you, if you're lean and you're willing Willing to 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 do the research, uh, you can build your own PR opportunity. So it's at ereleases.com/plan, uh, P-L-A-N, and uh, it's less than an hour. And I guarantee, if if uh, if, if you take that uh, course, you'll know more than many of the PR firms we get sending us mediocre press releases on a day-to-day basis. Um, and you'll. Uh, understand what the media is really wanting and why they're wanting and why these things are actually working. And again, you said that's ereleases.com backslash plan. Correct. Perfect. At least I got it right. Yeah, <laughs> that's good. All right. That sounds like something that is a really nice gift for our listeners. So thank you for sharing that so that they can dive in. I think I'm going to have my team guide in there too and read it because I think they could use a refresh. Everyone can always use a refresh. Sure. Um, are there any last words of parting advice that you would give our listeners today about this world of press releases? I would just, uh, a lot of people that I talk to say, wow, I, 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 I heard you talk about press releases. I'm just not newsworthy. I'm not important enough to stand out. And I would just, you know, tell you that, you can be, and you really should toot your own horn. So many people are feel like it's bragging or over the top, or they're just not well-funded and important enough for PR. And businesses uh, of all sizes, many of which are startups and small businesses, are getting media attention regularly. And there's no reason that you can't be that person too, with a little bit of strategy and figuring out what the media are receptive to. Everyone is worthy of press is what you're saying. Absolutely. 
Well, Mickey, thank you so much for joining us today. I think you gave a lot of insight to our listeners about why press releases are something that should be a go-to in their marketing plans versus something that they're like, no, I don't need to do a press release because there's a lot of reasons. We touched on SEO. We touched, touched on team building when you're highlighting a new hire. We touched on local media. Um, we touched on um, building your own story and being able to better uh, market and position your company and also about building relationships and the doors that it can open for you because you just never know what can happen and what might actually go a little bit viral and bring you a lot of attention and love. Well, so Mickey, again, me. thank you. Perfect. So to all of our listeners, thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Marketing Mistakes and How to Avoid Them. I look forward to chatting with you this next week. Have a great day.